Welcome to the first episode of the podcast, Why the Internet Works. I appreciate you coming on and uh, want to tell you a little bit about kind of why why this podcast came about and what we're trying to accomplish here and uh, hope that you spend some time and think about what we're saying and see if any of it um, becomes more obvious in your day. So last year in 2023, Dr. C and I and another individual had a meeting every two weeks where we tried to make the world a better place. And in seeing his background, his uh, books that you'll see one day and uh, other components, I asked him and he agreed to create a podcast called Why the Internet Works, where we look back and talk at different areas in history that look very similar to today and really resonate around the services, the products, the capabilities, the things that the internet has brought us, but also how it looks to us on a daily basis. Um, <clears throat> Colin, along with me, we're product managers. We worked back at level three uh, back in the 2000s. And then we also will have a third guest, uh, which is a foreman. And um, he's a friend of mine that will take a real practical world view of um, kind of that matter-of-fact way of looking at a problem and a challenge and then understand how that works in the context of some of his experiences that he'll share with you in um, future episodes. But overall, the reason why I feel like the, our voices are worth the time and energy on the airwaves is that over the last five years, um, not my personal involvement, but worked on an ISP that went from nothing and kind of uh, pulled the company out of the druthers in COVID and then um, had more challenges post-COVID, which I think everybody has had. So what mine is, is not that different. Um, but the difference is that it's all tied to this concept of trying to deliver a better product, a better service, trying to deliver the internet and what that looks like. And I find it fascinating that, um, you know, there's point zero 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 one percent of the people today who know how the internet works. But if you walk down the street in any place that's on this globe, my guessing is that 99.999999999 and an engineer nine with two nines after that want it to work right now. <laughs> so what a, what a weird, you know, the thing that is magic, which is not magic, it's science. It's, um... It's yes and no's, it's ones and zeros. I mean, all the things have a reason for why they work. And the more power you put into a radio, the farther it goes. And there's certain things that are really kind of um, rudimentally simple, but incredibly complex to be able to deliver so that you can hear this podcast on my uh, on your cell phone inside the subway. I mean, and that... All those things have been happening. So this podcast 
talks about this, what I call 400 years of innovation, and that we're snap dab right in the middle of that. If you go 200 years back, there wasn't streetlights, there wasn't lamps. Um, if you go 200 years in the future, we're going to be living underground. Laugh at me now, point fingers at me, but you'll see an article. People, they are going to build underground places in Mars. We will be living in underground in 200 years. Maybe here, maybe somewhere else, maybe on an asteroid headed to, uh, I don't even know where. So, how's all that going to work? How's that going to happen? How does all of this come together so that we do more, we make more, we have more, but we spend less and we do less and we owe less? But is that possible? I don't know. Um, What I do know is that history is way more interesting than fiction. And what I have found in my brief time um, of figuring out telecommunication networks and playing the game of telephone, as some would say, mostly my kids, um, is that it all comes down to the ability to connect with one another. And the reason why the internet works so well is that it's the best invention since boats and common language that we've come up with to be able to connect and communicate with each other. And because of that, we just love it. Now, what we're going to find is, you know, what is obvious today was not obvious 20 years ago. We're going to talk about that actually in our first episode. And then we're going to find that that kind of blindness to the obvious is that's what's holding us back from being one um is that what's challenging us from working together from helping our neighbor from understanding what other people are saying is it that we don't have the time to discuss it or that the discourse is no longer there luckily either way does not work for me because I'm an optimist and uh, this podcast is really going to be about how we can make a new brand new something hot off the presses haven't been told to anybody before except for some people in my car that uh, concept called connectivism we're going to talk about this throughout the life cycle of the uh, podcast, and we'll be having other discussions about it. But essentially, the underlying concept of why I want to talk to so many people about connectivism and why the internet works, but with the help of Dr. C and, and a foreman, is that the concept of connectivism is the state needs to be entrepreneurial to deliver services at the lowest cost possible to eliminate taxation, pay people for living their lives, and command the robots to do the vocation. And 
everybody I've told that to says, why not? Why? <laughs> like, I haven't heard of that. And I was like, well, because I haven't made the podcast yet. They're like, what? Like, what? But so, and here we are on uh, Friday, January 12th for our first kickoff of the podcast. Um, format's going to be very, very simple. Um, so we want it to be something that you can consume, something that is easy and you understand how we're delivering it. So we're going to deliver 30 minutes um, intervals. Uh, there'll be an introduction area. There'll be some jingles, which, I mean, who doesn't like a jingle? And then we'll wrap it up. Uh, those 30 minutes will be delivered every two weeks on Thursday. And then we're going to package that together. So one hour would cover, you know, essentially two months. Um, and our topics are going to tie together. But overall, it's a time for you to think, you know, is this, is this what we're doing today? Is what you're doing today? Is there a better way? I don't know. Um, I mean, I know a lot of things that I read about and study, but uh, I don't know if there's a better way. There's there's definitely better ways I can do everything I'm doing, but, you know, the overall discussion is, uh, why, why does the internet work so well? Why, why can't everything work that well? And does it work well for everyone on everywhere? Of course not. Um, you know, I mean, sometimes the Wi-Fi's down. Sometimes the uh, the cost to be able to deliver the service uh, prohibits the the next Einstein from being who they need to be. Uh, sometimes your, your servers are in Iran, so you know. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't deliver it for everybody, but um, that's what we're going to talk about. So I appreciate you coming, and I know that your time is valuable. But uh, here's a little message from our sponsor, who's going to help you. Um, understand and you know the thing here is about what is possible so imagine that anywhere you are I mean this is going to be something that is going to touch anybody who ever had a fourth grade you can do your homework without the internet and you can't search the browser unless the things the teacher tells you to do doesn't that sound wonderful Without a connection, we're closing the homework gap. If you're not in the classroom and assignments are due soon, Junie has got your back. Junie has got your, Junie has got your, Junie has got your back. And just, um, that software is great for anybody that's on Indian tribal reservations or uh, even incarcerated people that want to learn Python, uh, people that are not connected to the internet that want to have a connected type of technology. Toomey's got your back. Now, <clears throat> enough about Toomey. Let's talk about Dr. C. So here we have... Uh, Dr. Colin Selman, uh, who will be talking to us a little bit, he, he's he got a phenomenal story about, um, well, actually, you know, before we do anything other than introductions or any of the other pieces, so just tell me a little bit about the business case 
that you wrote because I think it's relating to what we're talking about here. Basically building a business case to build a, a residential internet service. And so the idea would be that, you know, we US West would sell like a dial-up service, right? You know, where you could, you know, dial in and get internet access. And so, um, so I had to create this business case. And at the time they had this process, it was kind of stupid. They called it the pit process. You know, it was supposed to be all confrontational where, you know, you would come, you know, with your business plan in front of all the executives and then you'd go through it like you'd have half hour and they'd ask you all these questions. And then, you know, at the end of that, they would sort of give you, you know, thumbs up or, you know, they're going to kill you. And so, so I, you know, I put all this data together. It's like, Hey, you know, you know, this, and it's cool and you can do these things, you know? And, and so I went in there and, um, the head of the, well, I, I guess, like, I don't know if he was the head of the whole pit process or if he was just like one of the, the key players, but he was the VP of marketing and, uh, you know, I went through this and I was talking about like new applications and, you know, it's like, oh, you know, the web and, you know, which was, you know, just barely, you know, starting and, and he basically, you know, he had his feet up on the table and he's like, yeah, you know, um, I know what the market's going to do. And, you know, if my mom can't make this work, then it's never going to succeed. He's like, you know, this is just like way too technical, way too difficult, uh, you know, it's never going to succeed. So, you know, like thumbs down. Uh, and, you know, I was, and I had, you know, like I had charts that were like, oh, you know, PC penetration is going up, you know, um, you know, interactive things, you know, like maybe even like the early days of AOL, you know, all these, all these sort of trends that were just starting out. And, you know, I was sort of, and, you know, he's asking questions about like how difficult it is. And, and at the time it was kind of difficult because, like Windows didn't come with a dialer, you know, it didn't come with a TCP IP <laughs> stack. So you had to get like, uh, you know, you would literally get that like separately. Like I, I think I have um, maybe over there, like some of the, the original um, software that we had, which we were partnering with Netscape and even Netscape at the time, they didn't have a TCP IP stack. And so like, you know, we were using like some open source thing. And, and so he was like, yeah, you know, this is never going to work. You know, it's way too complicated you know, you don't understand the market like I do. And, you know, if something's going to take off and, and be mainstream, you know, it, um, yeah, it has to be easy. Um, which, you know, I, I think, you know, there's some truth to it, Not but wrong. all my counter argument, like he, you know, and so I, I remember walking out of the meeting and I was just like, yeah, this sucks. And, you know, my boss came over to me and she's like, yeah, you know, don't worry about it. You know, we're still going to push it forward. And, um, you know, cause she obviously, you know, saw what was going on, but yeah, you know, he thought, you know, I think he wondered why I even worked there. And like, you know, he, I guess he just thought that I was sort of pitching, you know, some super niche, uh, overly complicated thing. And, you know, he didn't get it. But, um, you know, and that was like in 94, you know, obviously it didn't take very long, um, you know, for him to be proven wrong. But I just remember leaving the meeting and like, wow, you know, that sucks, you know, because I, I put a lot of time, like, I, I, I don't have that same presentation, but I just remember it was one of the first presentations that I had done, you know, as, you know, a corporate person. And, you know, I just remember, and, and you know, the reason they hired me is because when I was in college, you know, like I would play on the internet, right? You know, so I was, uh, in undergrad, I was like English lit focus. And so I spent a lot of time in, in computer labs and, you know, on computer labs and universities, it's like, oh, you know, they have gopher, you know, and, 
and stuff like that. I just remember thinking like, wow, you know, this is just like, to me, it was just like so amazing, like to like tell that into the library in Hawaii and you know, like, see what <laughs> I remember doing the exact same thing in Plattsburgh, just being able to connect to Philadelphia and yeah. see like a, a structure that, uh, you know, just didn't seem possible like 10 years earlier. Right. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, at the time, like Apple.com and um, companies like that, you know, they had like a server and you could log on as a guest. And, you know, there was like a, a guest set of things that you could see and like you could, you know, ping the Coke machine in the MIT dorm, you know, and tell you how many Cokes you'd have. And so, like, you know, I was doing things like, oh, you know, like I, I would do a finger, which is like you could, you know, use the Unix system to look up. And so I just remember it's like, wow, you know, it was like so fascinating to me. And, when I was interviewing, like they, you know, I was talking about that and they're like, oh yeah, well, you know way more about it than we do. And, but yeah, the, the first time that I had presented, you know, basically I was like completely shut down and this guy, you know, his name was Randy Meisner, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, like, I don't know what you're doing. And, and then, you know, like the things that he was supporting were like, you know, they had this thing called advanced intelligent network, which was like a, a new sort of signaling protocol where, you know, it would do like more sophisticated calling features, you know, like calling feature would be like call hold or, you know, caller ID. And, you know, they're like, oh yeah, caller ID, you know, that's the future. And, um, you know, internet, you know, that's stupid. And, and, um, and yes. And, you know, obviously it changed, um, you know, later uh, after, you know, we had, I got sort of absorbed into a different business unit and we were actually doing it and launching it. Um, like I had to go uh, present to the board of directors, um, which was in Inglewood. Like there used to be like the headquarters was there and in Inglewood. Um, like, I can't remember what exactly where it was, but you know, like they had the downtown area where, you know, they had the downtown uh, us West building, but then Inglewood was like the executive place. And you know, I remember going there and, you know, and the other funny thing is, like, at the time, like, I wear a suit all the time, right? You know, so, like, I wear a suit um, four days a week. The guy that uh, rejected me, like, he set the dress code for the the office, and, you know, he, he was, like, on Friday, it's, like, business casual, and that's not Dockers, you know, that's, like, Polo, you know, and, you know, brands like that, you know, so, you know, so when I was first doing this, like, I was wearing a suit four days a week and, you know, trying to talk about this, but anyway, like, presenting to the board of directors, like they had no freaking idea what I was talking about. And so they're like, you know, and this was a couple years later and they're like, Oh, well, is this like AOL? And I was like, well, AOL is kind of like an Island and the internet is kind of like the world. And so there could be lots of different AOLs. And, and that was, you know, early on AOL was not connected to the internet. Right. You know, it's, it was its own thing. And, um, and we even looked at uh, buying uh, Apple had like their own online, you know, dial up sort of community. I can't remember what it was called, but we looked at, at buying that. And so there was some debate about, you know, is it going to be like AOL and, you know, they're sort of curated things. Is that going to take off or, you know, is it going to be like the Internet, you know, this open thing? And so, you know, me and all the people I worked with, you know, we were like, yeah, you know, AOL is, is not going to succeed. And. And then to sort of take that to the next step, um, like I, I eventually moved in the business side of um, of US West, you know, focused on business internet. And at that time, there was the biggest funding was going towards um, this thing called uh, Netware Connect Services, so Novell. 
um, you know, and and we were the internet people. We were sort of like, oh, you know, we're doing internet, and then it's like, well, you know, it's not secure and this and that, and and so so they had you know this uh, Novell Network Connect services, you know, which was like basically like file and print services across a WAN. Um, and so even then, you know, so those first few years, yeah, you know, there was a lot of a lot of pushback uh, from people that were trying to use existing models to basically say, you know, why the internet wasn't going to happen. And uh, yeah, that, still that that first meeting that when I was the pit process, you know, I still remember that just because I was like, wow, this sucks. You know, it's like, you know, I did all this work and, and you know, he's basically like totally uh, dismissing me, you know, because he's like, yeah, I know the market. And, you know, and I remember, you know, telling my friends who I still talk to, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, I think he was wrong. Uh, you know, I, I don't know where he's around. I should call him up. But, but yeah, you know, that was in that was in '94, and that was my first thing. Um, and, and basically, like I was sort of everybody else was working on these mainstream products, like like screen phone, like that was a thing. Like it was this Nortel phone that you know you could see multiple lines at home and stuff. And you know, like I was working on the internet, and people were like, oh, I don't understand what you're doing. You know, it's just sort of this niche thing. And obviously, it completely upended everything. So, um, well, so I think this podcast is really going to be about kind of how the internet's just one of multiple innovations that have happened. And, you know, thinking about how everything has been uploaded and, and upheaved and uh, kind of talking about not only the internet, but talking about, um, all kinds of large capital investments and starting to think about, you know, how, how do we live together with robots in ways that can be different than the way that we've kind of approached, you know, the, um, the last 40 years of, of the internet, uh, revolution. And, um, I, you know, there is all kinds of evidence of things that look like innovation cycles that I think the next generation needs to think about. Okay. And thank you, everybody, for coming today, spending some space and time to give some thought to how the past could change the future and how the decisions that others made impact the decisions you make tomorrow. Have a wonderful day, and we'll see you in two weeks.